So my mum has, we call it a very special type of dementia, um, she's a special lady. So it's called posterior cortical atrophy. Um, so her type of dementia affects her memory of how to do things. So my mum is very aware of herself and her surroundings and the fact that she's at home with her family. So it's the utmost importance for us to keep mum at home, as it is for every uh, person with dementia. Mum would have been a play school teacher and my dad passed away when he was 41. So my mum at 40 was left with three uh, young children uh, to raise myself being 10 at the time. What happened was that we noticed that there was small things happening so a mom's uh, version of it is that she forgets how to do things so mom started forgetting to learn how to read and um, how to put say a key into a lock how to recognize money and um, so it's very much those things um, first how important is independence and your mom being at home to both you and your mother I suppose yeah. Well, my mom became Nana Nora uh, 15 months ago. My son Thomas goes in every morning to wake her. She uh, is fully aware of who Thomas is, uh, well able to still sing to him and do all that. Can't mind him per se, um, but could definitely help me mind him. So, you know, it is really important for her to be there and to be part of the family, albeit in a slightly different capacity. But, um, and we want to give back to mom as much as she gave us, you know, raising three small kids can't, isn't easy for anybody. So we really want to be there and to, and to be part of her journey. Is there assistance? in place to help people like yourself who, ha who are thrown into that situation and have to look after someone with dementia? Yes and no. In terms of the hospital system, you very much just get a diagnosis. We got a piece of paper that gave it a diagnosis of a, a very rare condition because mom's, as I say, is a special type. It had a life expectancy, which said it was much shorter, um, a little bit about her illness, uh, and then nothing to do with support. Um, so we were very much left out in the dark. Becoming a mother last year, you know, you read all the books, you do all that kind of stuff, you, everyone gives you advice, but when it comes to something like dementia, there is still slightly a stigma about it, and no one expects to be caring for their mom when she's still in her family. 50s. Tina Leonard, Head of Advocacy and Public Affairs at the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. Now, Tina, obviously you have released your pre-budget submission for 2017. You're calling on the government to implement these different ways to improve Alzheimer's and dementia care for people in Ireland. I suppose how important is home care for someone suffering from dementia? Well, we are channeling people with dementia into institutional care that people should have a choice. Now, interestingly, government policy is to support people to stay at home. But if you look at the figures, between 2009 and 2015, the funding for long-term residential care increased, while the funding in home care has been cut at the same time. So the government isn't doing what it says it should be doing. One of the facts in this sheet here, this pre-budget submission from the Alzheimer's Society, says there are almost 55,000 people with dementia in Ireland uh, at the moment. And obviously, for every one person with dementia, many others are directly affected by that, family members. But that figure will rise from 55,000 to around 68,000 or just over 68,000 in the next 10 years. Are we as a nation equipped for that rise? I don't think we're yet prepared for the numbers of people that we'll need to support to live well with dementia. It's not a normal part of ageing, but age is the biggest risk factor and we have an ageing population. Uh, my name is Ronan Smith and I'm uh, diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's since uh, 2014. But I suppose the main and significant um, issue with regard to my history and what's happening for me is that this is lap two of Alzheimer's because I was a carer of a very particular kind to my father when he had Alzheimer's disease in the 1980s and uh, I probably as a result of that experience uh, ended up going for the diagnosis earlier than probably a lot of other people would and uh, I've been working very hard on a personal level to ensure that I'm doing everything that I possibly can to slow, impede um, and you know, prevent the um, incrementation of the disease because I do very much believe it's a rational hope to uh, feel that there will be a cure. So I've no doubt that that will happen. Now, it may not be in time to get me, but I think it's 
possible that it will be. So I'm, you know, very keen to say to people like that the, the mantra that I developed for myself was prepare for the probable, work for the possible, and hope for the future. Are we getting better at approaching Alzheimer's and talking about it uh, more? Because people, I suppose, don't know what way to approach it. Well, you're, you're right. I, I find uh, myself that I really want to talk about it because that releases other people who maybe don't know much to ask questions. When I was working with my father, I was really struck and very um, you know, upset by the, the idea that the, um, people I was talking to, carers, were saying you know, that their neighbours of the last 35 years would cross the road rather than meet and talk with them. And that's just, I don't think that's bad-heartedness, you know, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying those neighbours obviously felt so awkward. They didn't know what to say, they didn't know how to handle it. And that's because it wasn't being talked about. It wasn't understood. And I think we just have to make people feel more comfortable. Hoping for the future is um, a, a wishful business in everyone's life. I, I resist the uh, fatalism that can attach to it. And I think that the fatalism is a very potentially depressing thing. If people feel, oh my God, this is what is going to happen to me. Um, yes, it might. Yes, you could go a bit further and say, well, it's actually probable if they don't come up with a cure, but it's still not definite. And equally, as I say, the bus could hit you before you need to worry about it. And, you know, I suppose what we're talking about today and with the, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland that had their pre-budget submission uh, just last week, you know, and they're looking for an extra 67 million euro towards home care. You're obviously living at home. How important is living at home to you? Well, I, I think it's very, very important. The really good news is this is a win-win situation because if there is more investment in home care packages, there will be less people requiring to be put into residential care. Economically, residential care is far more expensive for the state to provide. In your own individual case and in, for dementia and Alzheimer's care in Ireland, are you hopeful for the future? Very simply. Oh yes, I am. I am, as I say. I do think it's entirely rational hope. It's not a certain hope, but I think, you know, medically speaking, improvements will come. And they may come in a trickle, they may come quite suddenly, but they will come. So I think there is reason to be hopeful. And I think it's also, you know, from a living experience, living with hope is better than living without it. So I would tend to encourage people to give the hope a go.